Pendant Productions proudly presents King John, written by William Shakespeare. Act 2 Before Angiers well met, brave Austria. Arthur, that great forerunner of thy blood, Richard, that robbed the lion of his heart and fought the holy wars in Palestine, by this brave duke came early to his grave, and for amends to his posterity, at our importance hither is he come, to spread his colors, boy, in thy behalf, and to rebuke the usurpation of thy unnatural uncle, English John. Embrace him. Love him. Give him welcome, Isa. God shall forgive you Coeur de Leon's death, the rather that you give his offspring life. Shadowing their right under your wings of war, I give you welcome with a powerless hand, but with a heart full of unstained love. Welcome before the gates of Angiers, Duke. A noble boy. Who would not do the right? Upon thy cheek lay I this zealous kiss, a seal to this indenture of my love. That to my home I will no more return, till Angers and the right thou hast in France, together with that pale, that white-faced shore whose foot spurns back the ocean's roaring tides and coops from other lands her islanders, even till that England, hedged in with the main, that water-walled bulwark, still secure and confident from foreign purposes, even till that utmost corner of the West salute thee for her king. Till then, fair boy, will I not think of home but follow arms. Oh, take his mother's thanks, a widow's thanks, till your strong hand shall help to give him strength to make a more requital to your love. The peace of heaven is theirs that lift their swords in such a just and charitable war. Well then, to work. Our cannon shall be bent against the brows of this resisting town. Call for our chiefest men of discipline. To call the plots of best advantages. We'll lay before this town our royal bones. Way to the marketplace in Frenchman's blood. But we will make it subject to this boy. Stay for an answer to your embassy. Thus unadvised you stain your swords with blood. My lord Chantillon may from England bring that weight in peace which here we urge in war, and then we shall repent each drop of blood that hot rash haste so indirectly shed. A wonder, lady. Lo, upon thy wish, our messenger Chantillon is arrived. What England says, say briefly. Golly bars for thee. Chatillon, speak. Then turn your forces from this paltry siege and stir them up against a mightier task. England, impatient of your just demands, hath put himself in arms. The adverse winds, whose leisure I have stayed, have given him time to land his legions all as soon as I. His marches are expedient to this town. His forces strong, his soldiers confident. With him along is come the mother queen, and Ott, stirring him to blood and strife. 
With her, her niece, the Lady Blanche of Spain? With them, a bastard of the king's deceased, and all the unsettled humors of the land? Rash, inconsiderate, fiery voluntaries, with ladies' faces and fierce dragon spleens, have sold their fortunes at their native homes, bearing their birthrights proudly on their backs to make a hazard of new fortunes here. In brief, a braver choice of dauntless spirits than now the English bottoms have wafted over did near float upon the swelling tide to do offense and scathe in Christendom. The interruption of their churlish drums cuts off more circumstance. They are at hand, to parley or to fight. Therefore, prepare. How much unlooked for is this expedition? By how much unexpected, by so much we must awake endeavor for defense. For courage mounted with occasion. Let them be welcome then. We are prepared. Peace be to France. If France and peace permit our just and lineal entrance to our own, if not bleed France and peace ascend to heaven whilst we, God's wrathful agent, to correct their proud contempt that beats his peace to heaven. Peace be to England. If that war return from France to England, they'll to live in peace. England we love, and for that England's sake, with burden of our armor, here we sweat. This toil of ours should be a work of thine. But thou from loving England art so far that thou wast under what is lawful king cut off the sequence of posterity outfaced in false state and done a rape upon the maiden virtue of the crown. Look here upon thy brother Geoffrey's face. These eyes, these brows, were molded out of ease. This little abstract doth contain that large which died in Geoffrey, and the hand of time shall draw this brief into as huge a volume that Geoffrey was thy elder brother born, and this his son. England was Jeffrey's right, and this is Jeffrey's. In the name of God, how comes it then that thou art called a king, when living blood doth in these temples beat, which owes the crowns that thou must arrest? From whom hast thou this great commission, France? To draw my answer from thy articles? From that supernal juge that stirs good thoughts in any breast of strong authority, to look into the blots and stains of right, that judge hath made me guardian to this boy, under whose warrant I impeach thy wrong, and by whose help I mean to chastise it. Alack, thou dost us usurp authority. Excuse me. It is to beat usurping down. Who is it thou dost call usurper, France? Let me make answer. Thy usurping son. Out, insolent. Thy bastard shall be king, that thou mayst be a queen and check the world. My bed was ever to thy son as true as thine was to thy husband. And this boy, 
liker in feature to his father Geoffrey than thou and John in manners, being as like as rain to water, were devil to his dam. My boy, a bastard! By my soul, I think his father never was so true begot. It cannot be, and if thou wert his mother... There's a good mother boy that blots thy father. There's a good granddam boy that would blot thee. Peace! Hear the crier. What the devil art thou? One that will play the devil, sir, with you. And I may catch your hide and you alone. You are the hare of whom the proverb goes, whose valor plucks dead lions by the beard. I'll smoke your skin coat, and i catch you right, sirrah. Look to it. In faith I will. In faith. Oh, well, he did become that lion's robe that did disrobe the lion of that robe. It lies as slightly on the back of him as great Alcides shows upon an ass. But, ass, I'll take that burthen from your back, or lay on that shall make your shoulders crack. What craker is this, saying that death's our ears with this abundance of superfluous breath? Louis, determine what we shall do straight. Women and fools break off your conference. King John, this is the very sum of all. England and Ireland, Anjou, Touraine, Maine, in right of Arthur do I claim of thee. Wilt thou resign them and lay down thy arms? My life as soon. I do defy thee, France. Arthur of Bretagne yield thee to my hand. And out of my dear love, I'll give thee more than e'er the cowed hand of France can win. Submit thee, boy. Come to thy grandam, child. Do, child. Go to it, grandam, child. Give grandam kingdom, and it, grandam, will give it a plum, a cherry, and a fig. There's a good grandam. Good, my mother, peace. I would that I were low laid in my grave. I am not worth this coil that's made for me. His mother shames him so. Poor boy, he weeps. Now shame upon you, whether she does or no. His grandam's wrongs, and not his mother's shames, draw those heaven-moving pearls from his poor eyes, which heaven shall take in nature of a fee. I, with these crystal beads, heaven shall be bribed to do him justice and revenge on you. Thou monstrous slanderer of heaven and earth. Thou monstrous injurer of heaven and earth. Call not me slanderer. Thou and thine usurp the dominations, royalties, and rights of this oppressed boy. This is thy eldest son's son, infortunate in nothing but in thee. Thy sins are visited in this poor child. The canon of the law is laid on him, being but the second generation removed from thy sin-conceiving womb. Bedlam, have done. I have but this to say, that he is not only plagued for her sin, but God hath made her sin and her the plague on this removed issue. Plague for her and with her plague, her sin his injury, her injury the beetle to her sin, all punished in the person of this child, and all for her, a plague upon her. Thou unadvised scold, I can produce a will that bars the title of thy son. I who doubts that? A will, a wicked will, a woman's will, a cankered grandam's will. Peace, lady, pause. Or be more temperate. It heal beseems this presence to cry aim to these ill-tuned repetitions. Some trumpet summon Isel to the walls, these men of Angiers. Let us hear them speak whose title they admit. 
آرسرس خورجانز Who is it that hath warned us to the walls? This France for England. England for itself. You men of Angers and my loving subjects. You loving men of Angers, our sure subjects. Our trumpet called you to the gentle parley. For our advantage, therefore hear us first. These flags of France that are advanced here before the eye and prospect of your town have hither marched to your endamagement. The cannons have their bowels full of wrath, and ready mounted are they to spit forth their iron indignation against your walls. All preparation for a bloody siege or merciless proceeding by these French confronts your city's eyes, your winking gates, and but for our approach those sleeping stones that as a waste doth girdle you about by the compulsion of their ordinance by this time from their fixed beds of lime had been dishabited and wide havoc made for bloody power to rush upon your peace. But on the sight of us, your lawful king, who painfully with much expedient march have brought a counter-check before your gates, to save unscratched your city's threatened cheeks, behold, the French amazed vouchsafe a parl. And now, instead of bullets wrapped in fire to make a shaking fever in your walls, they shoot but come words folded up in smoke to make a faithless error in your ears, which trust accordingly, kind citizens, and let us in, your king, whose labored spirits, for wearied in this action of swift speed, crave harborage within your city walls. When I have said, make answer to us both. Lo, in this right hand, whose protection is most divinely vowed upon the right of imitators, Stands young Plantagenet, son to the elder brother of this man, and king over him and all that he enjoys. For this downtrodden equity, we tread in warlike march these greens before your town, being no further enemy to you than the constraint of hospitable zeal in the relief of this oppressed child religiously provokes. Be pleased then to pay that duty which you truly owe to that owes it, namely this young prince. And then our arms, like to a muzzled bear, save in aspect. Hus all offense sealed up. Our canons, malice, vainly shall be spent against the invulnerable clouds of heaven. And with a blessed and unvexed retire, with unact source and helmets all unbruised, we will bear arms that lusty blood, again which year we came to spout against your town, and leave your children, wives, and you in peace. But if you fondly pass our proverb offer, tis not the rounder of your old faced walls can hide you from our messengers of war. So all these English and their discipline were arbored in their rude circumference. Then tell us, shall your city call us Lord? In that behalf which we have challenged it. Or shall we give the signal to our rage? In brief, we are the King of England's subjects. For him, and in his right, we hold this town. Acknowledge, then, the king, and let me in. That we cannot. 
But he that proves the king, to him we prove loyal. Till that time have we rammed up our gates against the world. Doth not the crown of England prove the king? And if not that, I bring you witnesses, twice 15,000 hearts of England's breed. Bastards and else. To verify our title with their lives. As many and as well-born bloods as those. Some bastards too. Stand in his face to contradict his claim. Till you compound whose right is worthiest. We, for the worthiest, hold the right from both. Then God forgive the sin of all those souls that are their everlasting residence, before the dew of evening fall shall fleet in dreadful trial of our kingdom's king. Amen. Amen. Mount Chevaliers, to arms! St. George has swinged the dragon, and there since sits on his horseback at mine hostess's door. Teach us some fence. Sirrah, were I at home at your den, sirrah, with your lioness, I would set an ox head to your lion's hide and make a monster of you. Please, no more. Oh, tremble, for you hear the lion roar. Up higher to the plain, where we'll set forth in best appointment all our regiments. Speed, then, to take advantage of the field. It shall be so. And at the other hill, commands the rest to stand. God! And our right. your gates and let young Arsac Duke of Bretagne in, who, by the hand of Francis Day, have made much work for tears in many an English mother whose sons lie scattered on the bleeding ground. Many a widow's husband groveling lies, coldly embracing the discolored earth. And victory, with little loss, doth play upon the dancing banners of the French, or are at hand, triumphantly displayed. To enter conquerors, and to proclaim Arthur, King of Britannia, England's king and yours. Rejoice, you men of Algiers, ring your bells. King John, your king and England's, doth approach, commander of this hot, malicious day. Their armors, that marched hence so silver bright, hither return all guilt with Frenchmen's blood. There stuck no plume in any English crest that is removed by a staff of France. Our colors do return in those same hands that did display them when we first marched forth. And like a troop of jolly huntsmen come our lusty English, all with purpled hands, dyed in the dying slaughter of their foes. Open your gates and give the victors way. Heralds from off our towers, we might behold, from first to last, the onset and retire of both your armies, whose equality by our best eyes cannot be censured. Blood hath brought blood, 
And blows have answered blows, strength matched with strength, and power confronted power. Both are alike, and both alike we like. One must prove greatest. While they weigh so even, we hold our town for neither, yet for both. Prats, hast thou yet more blood to cast away? Say, shall the current of our right run on, whose passage vexed with thy impediment shall leave his native channel, and o'erswell with course disturbed even thy confining shores, unless thou let his silver water keep a piece of progress to the ocean? In lo, thou hast not saved one drop of blood in this hot trial, more than we of France. Rather lost more. And by this hand I swear that Swayzer this climate overlooks before we will lay down our just born arms. We'll put thee down against whom these arms we bear or had a royal number to the dead. Gracing the scroll that tells us of this war's loss, we slaughter a couple to the name of kings. Ha, Majesty! How high thy glory towers when the rich blood of kings is set on fire. Oh, now doth death line his dead shafts with steel. The swords of soldiers are his teeth, his fangs, and now he feasts. Mousing the flesh of men in undetermined differences of kings. Why stand these royal fronts amazed thus? Cry havoc, kings! Back to the stained field, you equal potents, fiery kindled spirits! Then let confusion of one part confirm the other's peace. Till then, blows, blood, and death. Whose party do the townsmen yet admit? Speak, citizens, for England. Who's your king? The king of England, when we know the king. Know him in us, that here hold up his right. In us that are our own great deputy, and bear possession of our presence here, lord of our presence, Angers, and of you. A greater power than we denies all this. Until it be undoubted, we do lock our former scruple in our strong barred gates. King of our fears. Until our fears resolved be by some certain king purged and deposed. By heaven, these scroils of Angiers flout you kings and stand securely on their battlements as in a theater. Once they gape and point at your industrious scenes and acts of death. Your royal presences be ruled by me. Do like the mutinies of Jerusalem. Be friends a while, and both can jointly bend your sharpest deeds of malice on this town. By east and west, let France and England mount their battering cannon charge to the mouths till their soul-fearing clamors have brawled down the flinty ribs of this contemptuous city. I will play incessantly upon these jades, even till unfenced desolation 
leave them as naked as the vulgar air. That done, dissever your united strengths and part your mingled colors once again. Turn face to face and bloody point to point. Then, in a moment, fortune shall call forth out of one side her happy minion, to whom in favor she shall give the day and kiss him with a glorious victory. How like you, this wild council, mighty states? Smacks it not something of the policy? Now, by the sky that hangs above our heads, I like it well. France, shall we knit our powers and lay this Anges even to the ground? Then, after, fight who shall be king of it? And if thou hast the mettle of a king, being wronged as we are by this peevish town, turn thou the mouth of thy artillery as we will ours against these saucy walls. And when that we have dashed them to the ground, why then defy each other? and pell-mell make work upon yourselves for heaven or hell. Let it be so. Say, where will you assault? We from the west will send destruction into this city's bosom. I from the north. Our thunder from the south shall rain their drift of bullets on this town. Our prudent discipline. From north to south, Austria and France shoot in each other's mouth. I'll stir them to it. Come, away, away. Hear us, great kings, vouchsafe a while to stay, and I shall show you peace and fair-faced league. Win you this city without uh, stroke or, or wound. Rescue those breathing lives to die in beds that here come sacrifices for the field. Persever not, but, but hear me, mighty kings. Speak on with favor. We are bent to hear. <clears throat> um... Uh, uh, that daughter there of Spain, the Lady Blanche, is his niece to England. Look upon the years of, of Louis the Dauphin and that lovely maid. If lusty love shall go in quest of beauty, where should he find it fairer than in Blanche? If zealous love shall go in search of virtue, where would he find it purer than in Blanche? If love ambitious sought a match of birth, whose veins bound richer blood than Lady Blanche. Such as she is in beauty and virtue, birth, is the young Dauphin every way complete? If not complete of, say he is, is not she, and, and, and she again wants nothing uh, to name want, if, if want it be not that she is not, oh, she is not he, uh, he, he is half part of a blessed man, left to be finished by such as she. And she, a fair, divided excellence, whose fullness of perfection lies in him. Two such silver currents, when they join, do glorify the banks that bound them in. And two such shores, to two such streams made to one. Two such controlling bounds, shall you be, kings, to these two princes, if you marry them. This union shall do more than battery can to our fast closed gates, for at this match with swifter spleen than powder can enforce, the mouth of passage shall we fling wide open and give you entrance. But without this match the sea enraged does not half so deaf, lions more confident, mountains and rocks more free from motion. No, not death himself in moral fury half so preemptory as we to keep this city. Here's a stay that shakes the rotten carcass of old death out of his rags. 
Here's a large mouth indeed that spits forth death in mountains, rocks, and seas. Talks as familiarly of roaring lions as maids of thirteen do of puppy dogs. What can the near begat this lusty blood? He speaks plain cannon fire and smoke and bounce. He gives the bastinado with his tongue. Our ears are cudgeled. Not a word of his but buffets better than a fist of France. Zounds, I was never so bethumped with words since I first called my brother's father dad. Son, list to the conjunction. Make this match. Give with our niece a dowry large enough. For by this knot thou shalt so surely tie thy now unsured assurance to the crown that yon green boy shall have no son to ripe the bloom that promiseth a mighty fruit. I see a yielding in the looks of France. Mark how they whisper. Urge them, while their souls are capable of this ambition, lest zeal, now melted by the windy breath of soft petitions, pity and remorse, cool and congeal again to what it was. Why answer not the double majesties this friendly treaty of our threatened town? Speaking long first, that us being forward first to speak unto this city, what say you? If the dwarfin there, thy princely son, can in this book of beauty read I love, her dowry shall weigh equal with the queen, for Anjou and fair Turin, Maine, Hotias, and all that we upon this side the sea except this city now by us besieged, find liable to our crown and dignity, shall gild her bridal bed, and make her rich in titles, honors, and promotions, as she in beauty, education, blood, holds hand with any princess of the world. What sayst thou, boy? Look in the lady's face. I do, my lord. And in her eye I find a wonder. Or a wondrous miracle, the shadow of myself formed in her eye, which being but the shadow of your son, becomes a son, and makes your son a shadow. I do protest I never loved myself, till now in fixed I beheld myself, drawn in the flattering table of her eye. Blanche, mon <laughs> Drawn in the flattering table of her eye, hanged in the frowning wrinkle of her brow, and quartered in her heart, he doth despise himself love's traitor. This is pity now, that hanged and drawn and quartered there should be in such a love so vile allowed as he. My uncle's will in this respect is mine. If he see aught in you that makes him like, that anything he sees which moves his liking, I can with ease translate it to my will, or if you will, to speak more properly, I will enforce it easily to my love. Further, I will not flatter you, my lord, that all I see in you is worthy love than this, that nothing do I see in you, though churlish thoughts themselves should be your judge, that I can find should merit any hate. What say these young ones? What say you, my niece? That she is bound in honor still to do what you in wisdom still vouchsafe to say. Speak then, Prince Dolphin. Can you love this lady? Nay, ask me if I can refrain from love. 
for I do love her most unfeignedly. Then do I give Orkesson, Torain, Maine, Patias, and Anjou these five provinces with her to thee. And this addition more. Full 30,000 marks of English coin. Philippe of France, if thou be pleased with all, command thy son and daughter to join hands. It likes us well, young princes. Close your eyes. And your lips too, for I am well assured that I did so when I was first assured. Now, citizens of Angiers, open your gates. Let in Zadamity, which you have made. For at St. Mary's Chapel, presently the rites of marriage shall be solemnized. Is not the Lady Constance in this troop? I know she is not. For this match made up her presence would have interrupted much. Where is she and her son? Tell me, who knows? She is sad and passionate at your highness's tent. And by my faith, this league that we have made will give her sadness very little cure. Brother of England, how may we content this widow lady? In her right we came, which we, God knows, have turned another way to our own vantage. We will heal up all, for we'll create young Arthur, Duke of Britannia and Earl of Richmond, and this rich fair town we make him Lord of. Call the Lady Constance. Some speedy messenger bid her repair to our solemnity. I trust we shall, if not fill up the measure of her will, yet in some measure satisfy her, so that we shall stop her exclamation. Go we as well as haste will suffer us to this unlooked-for, unprepared pomp. Mad world, mad kings, mad composition. John, to stop Arthur's title in the whole, hath willingly departed with a part, and France, whose armor conscience buckled on, whom zeal and charity brought to the field as God's own soldier, rounded in the ear with that same purpose changer, that sly devil, that broker that still breaks the paid of faith, that daily break vow, he that wins of all, of kings, of beggars, old men, young men, maids who, having no external thing to lose but the word maid, it cheats the poor maid out of that, that smooth-faced gentleman, tickling commodity. Commodity! The bias of the world, the world who of itself is paced well, made to run even upon even ground, till this advantage... This vile drawing bias, this sway of motion, this commodity, makes it take heed from all indifferency, from all direction, purpose, course, intent. And this same bias, this commodity, this bard, this broker, this all-changing word, 
clapped on the outward eye of fickle France, hath drawn him from his own determined aid, from a resolved and honorable war to a most base and vile concluded peace. And why rail I on this commodity? But for because he hath not wooed me yet. Not that I have the power to clutch my hand when his fair angels would salute my palm, but for my hand as unattempted yet, like a poor beggar, raileth on the lich. Well, whilst I am a beggar, I will rail and say there is no sin but to be rich. And, being rich, my virtue then shall be to say there is no vice but beggary. Since kings break faith upon commodity, gain be my lord, for I will worship thee. The Pendant Shakespeare, also known as the Wild Bill Variety Show. King John, Act 2. Featuring the voice talents of Taher Chowdhury as King Philippe, Russell Gold as King John, Kyle Garrett as Philip the Bastard, Keith Morrison as the First Citizen, Valena Cutler as Constance, Alexandra Elroy as Austria, Julia Eve as Queen Eleanor, Will Harrison Wallace as Louis the Dauphin, Olivia Steele as Blanche, Kristen Mass as Arthur, Lisa Michaud as Chatillon, Susan Evand as the English Herald and Dragon X Blink as the French Herald. Written by William Shakespeare, adapted for audio by Landon Bell, directed by George Linfield, assistant director Joel Rowan. Music by Doxent Zygmunt of soundcloud.com forward slash doxent hyphen Zygmunt. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2018 Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. Gone to be married? Gone to swear a peace? False blood to false blood joined, gone to be friends! Next time, on The Pendant Shakespeare. Hail, you appointed deputies of heaven. To thee, King John, my holy errand is. Philip, what sayest thou to the cardinal? What should he say but as the cardinal? Bethink you, father, for the difference is purchase of a heavy curse from Rome or the light loss of England for a friend. For God's easier. That's the curse of Rome. I am perplexed. I know not what to say. Papal politics enter the fray in King John Act 3, presented by the Wild Bill Variety Show. Hang nothing but a calf's skin, most sweet lout. Listen or catch up anytime on desktop or mobile at PendantAudio.com.